Hey y'all, this is Liberated Love Notes, a podcast on Living Corporate Network, hosted by yours truly, Brittany Janae, creator of Liberated Love Notes, critical self-reflections and affirmations for the culture. Y'all already know Liberated Love Notes podcast is your source for weekly doses of reflections, affirmations, and reimagining for us by us. Y'all, I'm going to go ahead and give y'all a quick heads up as I am preparing to download this episode. My liberated little one, Braxton, is in the midst. I'm going to try my best to get through this episode with as few interruptions as possible and share what feels like a divine download a divine download. And so I think I've shared before that I don't batch record these episodes, y'all. I don't. I really take on this uh, posture of reflection and like stillness um, as a way to, you know, create or focus my episodes and so a lot of times I am taking a few moments minutes throughout the week throughout the day to just sit with what comes to heart and mind so literally uh last night I uh, was thinking through, okay, what do, what do I want to share this week? And the affirmation came to me, an affirmation came to me, a liberated love note came to me. And it is, my authenticity is a gift. My authenticity is a gift. I've talked about authenticity quite a bit, or at least strive to embody it as a host, practitioner, creator, you know, consultant. And so the statement, the affirmation, the liberated love notes didn't feel any different from how I feel and think and things that I've said previously. And yet it felt timely to affirm my authenticity is a gift. My authenticity is a gift. There is a lot of talk, particularly in like the um, workplace diversity space about authenticity and the authentic self. And from my perspective, sometimes the dialogue around authenticity just feels like, it just feels hella basic. Like, it feels like real shallow. I feel like authenticity is often or like sometimes relegated to all that is on the surface. And so how we look, how we talk, how we decide to wear our hair, all of which, yes, are part of what makes up our authentic selves, And I just feel like it's deeper than that, right? Um, For myself, 
all those things that people see, whether it's, you know, me wearing my big hair or like rocking my long red locks, the way I use my body, the way I, or what clothes or attire I put on my body, be it statement shirts, (laughs) you know, a crop top with this belly, the way I speak, when I use colloquialisms or like sayings in session, all of that could be relegated to like preference. And sometimes is like minimized as that. And I feel like conversations on preferences really undermine the richness and the fullness of who we are, the depth that is authenticity, right? And so I just think about, you know, majority of my career, I've spent facilitating and and speaking and consulting in spaces, consulting in spaces, predominantly white spaces. And I was, I am deliberate about everything all the choices I make around how how I show up in my body, be it wearing my hair big and bright, you know, (laughs) to by some standards, by some folks' standards, a little extra, be it how I wore my clothes, whether an African print skirt or a message that needed to be messaged, amplified, donned across my chest. If you've been in sessions with me, you know what I'm talking about. All of that is beyond just what I felt like wearing, right? What I feel like wearing and what I like. It's beyond preferences. I love the definition of authentic self-expression that is offered by um, Professor Dr. Laura Morgan Roberts. She, along with her colleagues, she's a Black woman, has a collection of research anthologies. I'm probably referring to it wrong, but it's a big book of a bunch of research, a bunch of studies that is centered around the Black experience in the workplace. They have a definition of authentic self-expression that I really appreciate, where they define it as the outward expression of inward experiences, such as beliefs and values. I resonate with that the outward expression of inward experiences, such as beliefs and values. Beliefs and values. Beliefs and values. That's rich. And so what people see is more than just our preferences. When people experience our authentic selves, it's more than just what we like. (laughs) What people see are, is an embodiment of our values, of our beliefs, of our inward experiences. How we use our bodies is part of our power. How we use our bodies is part of disruption and resistance. How we use our bodies is something like reclamation. I mean, at some point, 
right? There was a long point in time where our bodies, where our ancestors' bodies were not their own. And even as we exist today, y'all, in the present, there are efforts and factions and people and leaders who seek to take away our body autonomy. And so with all of that context in mind, authenticity (laughs) is more than just this, you know, individual level thing, right? Authenticity is power. Authenticity is power. And so when I think about it that way, when I think about it that way, I must affirm, I must affirm that my authenticity is a gift. Your authenticity is a gift. My authenticity is a vibe. Your authenticity, our authenticity is a whole vibe. My authenticity is a gateway. Your authenticity, our authenticity is a gateway. My authenticity is my right. It is an act of reclamation in a society where bodies like mine and ours are constantly under attack. My authenticity does not harm. It might disrupt, it might challenge, it might even evoke some discomfort. My authenticity is not inherently harmful. Rather, my authenticity brings to center the perspectives and ways of being that are often stigmatized and marginalized. My authenticity takes up space. My authenticity holds space. My authenticity creates space. Mm. (laughs) I'm just saying the next time somebody comes at your authenticity, it might disrupt, it might challenge, it might evoke some discomfort, but my authenticity is not harmful. My authenticity brings to center the perspectives and ways of being that are often stigmatized and marginalized. My authenticity takes up space, holds space, and creates space. And I just feel like when we think about it that way, my authenticity, your authenticity, our authenticity ain't just about the I or the me. It is about the us. Speaking of the us, I feel like I got to name some of the complicated dynamics and nuances that come up when we are in community. I got to name and affirm this. When I am in community with others, be it our brothers, sisters, siblings, I lean into wonder instead of judgment when I experience my brothers, sisters, siblings, authenticity. I lean into wonder instead of judgment. When I feel discomfort, mm, I uh, heard someone say that sometimes our authenticity, our freedom can remind others of their cages. And so when I feel discomfort, 
I resist the urge to play into the likes of respectability politics. Mm, Yeah, when I experience others' authenticity, I resist centering white comfort and the white gaze. And I am more curious about what is going on within me. I am more curious about what has happened to me. (laughs) When I bear witness to my brother's, sister's, sibling's freedom, I don't feel threatened. I feel more empowered to break free from my own cage. Because our authenticity is, is a gateway. Our authenticity is a gift. My authenticity is human. It's human. It's human AF, y'all. And it deserves to be honored in its fullness. In its fullness. Now let's get practical. I feel like it is necessary to name and state that any time we lean into our authenticity, any time we create space, make space, hold space for our brother, sister, siblings, authenticity, there are absolutely risks. There are absolutely costs. And there are also benefits. And so part of the work, if you ask me, is sitting with all of those, the risks, the costs, the benefits. We don't talk enough about the benefits. I would venture to say that certainly in the context of a society rooted in racism, racial capitalism, white supremacy culture, those risks and loss have more to do with dominant cultural standards of success. And so you know, access to money, hoarding wealth, uh, seats at some of these raggedy tables, climbing ladders, being the one or the first. I'm just saying, I think we got to amplify the benefits too, some of which are deeply connected to our souls and spirit selves. So clarity, alignment, health, well-being, healthy relationships mm, that support our wholeness. I'm just saying, certainly there are risks and costs. And imagine, I don't even imagine, I know, I experience mm, intimately the benefits. I want to end with this quote by Dr. Nicole Hannah-Jones. I first learned this quote from my good sister, Tammy. And I'm gonna just leave this episode in y'all with this. Reaffirming that my authenticity is a gift. Our authenticity is a gateway. Our authenticity is our right. It is an act of reclamation in a society where bodies like ours are under attack. Our authenticity holds space, creates space, takes up space. And we experience clarity around the risks, the benefits, the costs. 
Dr. Nicole Hunter-Jones reminds us that you have to understand that when you make the conscious decision not to conform, you keep your dignity. But it might take you longer to get to where you want to be. And you might not get there at all. But is it worth it if you make it and you don't arrive there intact? I would say it is not. Mm, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. Peace, y'all.